0: Welcome to Highest Potential with Dr. Steve Pettit, a podcast that explores the many ways Bob Jones University is advancing God's kingdom through Christian education with the biblical worldview. I'm Daniel Layman, a current student at BJU and co-host for this podcast. Welcome today to the broadcast of Highest Potential. I'm so glad that you're listening with us today. And today's uh, broadcast is going to be a, a conversation I had with uh, Pastor Sergei Minka, who pastors the First Slavic Baptist Church in Spartanburg, South Carolina. He's a, he was a student here at Bob Jones University. Uh, he is a, uh, was born and raised in the Ukraine, came to the United States uh, at the age of 19 years old, and so we as a university are partnering with him as he works with many of the Ukrainian churches who are doing all kinds of work, whether helping refugees or, or delivering um, aid to other believers or doing great gospel works in the country of Ukraine. Uh, I had, a, had him here to the uh, chapel of Bob Jones University to share the burdens that the people in Ukraine are facing and how we can help as a university. So this is an interview I had with him and just giving us sort of a um, more of a firsthand look at the sense of the feelings of the Ukrainian people uh, as they are now having been now for well over uh, two weeks attacked by. Uh, the Russian army that is led by uh, Mr. Putin. So I hope that, uh, that this will be uh, a good interview for you and that you will learn and grow through listening here to Pastor Sergei Minka. Well, today we are very thankful to be able to have a special guest with us here on Highest Potential. We have Pastor Sergei Minka from the Word of Life Slavic Baptist Church out of Spartanburg, South Carolina, and uh, Pastor Minka is a graduate. Well, he's a, he attended Bob Jones University, uh, working on his master's degree program from 2000 to 2005. He is uh, from the country of Ukraine, and so I wanted him to be able to come and share uh, with us uh, just just from his perspective what's happening in uh, in right now in their country, their home country. So pastor, thank you for being with us today.
1: Thank you very much for having me, it's a privilege.
0: Yes, so tell us your background, where are you from? I'm
1: from Ukraine. That's where I was born, in the uh, second largest city, city uh, Kharkiv. It was in the news very much lately.
0: And where is that located in the, in the country?
1: Uh, pretty much right on the border with Russia, okay. uh, on the eastern part of Ukraine.
0: I see. Okay. So you, you grew up there?
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: And when did you come to the States? In 1994. And you were how old at that time? 19. You're 19 years old. So you're, all of your youth and growing mm-hmm. up was a Ukrainian? Uh, ukraine uh, ukrainians tell us what ukrainians are known for what are they what are they like well the culture
1: itself is very lively there is a lot of cultural music and uh you know cultural um, events and festivities it was very very
0: joyful growing up so how how much difference is there culturally between the ukrainians and the russians
1: well language is definitely different Uh, it's similar slavic origin but uh, if you don't know ukrainian and you're russian you really wouldn't understand very much and uh, in general uh, uh, the cultural costume the cultural uh, traditions are different it's uh, uh, it's similar and uh, through the years of soviet union it became very intermingled Actually, my uh, father is Ukrainian. My mother is Russian. Actually, uh, so but uh, over the last thirty years, after Soviet Union came apart, it, it really grew apart.
0: In history, as I understand, and maybe you can you can help us out with this because the average person doesn't know a lot about the the history of of the of Ukraine and of, of the capital of Kiev. That that is really. My understanding is that where Russia started? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and tell us a little bit about that. Well,
1: I'm not a historian, but that's uh, from history what we know. That's uh, where the Slavic people settled originally. is uh, The Rus. Uh, yes. Uh, Kyivskai Rus it's yeah. called. It's uh, Kyiv's Russia, basically. Okay. Uh, so that's, uh, that's where they started the region and then spread to other regions. In I the area.
0: Now, did you grow up a, in a believing home, or did you grow up... Yes, or...
1: I grew up in a believing home. My uh, father was a deacon in our church, Baptist church in Kharkiv. My uncle was a pastor in our church. I see. Uh, so from the uh, very youth I grew up in, uh, and our um, church belonged to underground Baptist persecuted movement at that time. That so was, was during was
0: under, under uh, Soviet, Soviet domination. Times, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there were... were there I, I mean, I'm somewhat familiar with the persecuted church uh, because mm-hmm. of my age. Uh, were there a lot of underground Baptist churches in Ukraine? There were. Um,
1: it all kind of f- finished. Persecution was over by the time uh, I was uh, what, about ten years old or so. I see. Um, so, but I, I still remember, as a child, we would attend Sunday school in different homes every time. And we would go one child at a time to, uh, to a meeting of Sunday school. And actually, eventually, our Sunday school teacher, uh, dear sister in our church, was caught and she spent three years in prison. I wow. remember that story. Oh, wow. I remember that person, actually, that was you. a kind of huge, uh, for me as a young person, that was a huge example of faith and in, in times of persecution.
0: And what brought you to the USA?
1: We came as refugees. Um, Yeah, as soon as opportunity came in uh, 1994, a lot of, from early 90s, a lot of Ukrainians and Russians left. And Uh, this
0: was before the fall of uh, uh, Soviet Russia? uh, Right, pretty much Uh, as it was falling apart, apart.
1: yes. Mm -hmm. Um, So our relatives uh, left and helped us to move here, and we were obviously very... Grateful that we're here right now.
0: Right, what? When, when, how old were you when you became a believer? I was eleven. Eleven years I was old. Eleven, yeah. And when did you have a sense to the call to pastor? Well, or it preach? was. Uh,
1: I would say it was kind of a growing with uh, every sermon or every. It was kind of a growing sense that I need to be in a ministry. I need to be preaching the gospel. Um, I think the, the first uh, sermon uh, our church allowed me to preach in church was like at 13 years of age, and uh, I, um, and then I was a youth leader in our church, and uh,
0: so forth. It was kind of a progressive call, I suppose. So where did you live when you came to the States, when you started out? Uh,
1: we... Um, uh, first, we arrived in Spokane, Washington. Okay. Uh, yes, yeah, so I spent five years in Spokane, Washington. Went to Washington State University there, uh, and uh, you got your degree in in nursing. In nursing, nursing, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I moved here. Um, actually, my first exposure to Bob Jones was uh, through Bob Jones' team. Um, it was uh, choir. I don't remember the name of the choir. Um,
0: this was, uh, where was it in... was it in... in Kharkiv. Oh. They arrived
1: in Kharkiv, and they traveled through Ukraine. And I remember I got to know people. I loved their testimonies. That was I probably loved,
0: the, uh, the European... We we, we always yes, had a choir, so. and they went mm-hmm. out throughout all of Europe. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. And actually, Dr. Wisdom went to Odessa, I remember. Ah. Uh, and uh, my church sent me there to study under him. And uh, so I spent about a month, I think... For I know several weeks studying under Dr. Wisdom in Odessa. That's amazing. And then uh, that's
0: that's one of the reasons
1: uh, why I came to Bob Jones after I graduated from Washington State.
0: So you came you came here to South Carolina, and then you were in seminary study. Yes. Uh-huh. And you were married at the time.
1: Uh, no, when I got married, I left.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, you left Bob Jones when you got married. I got you.
1: Well, my wife was from Michigan, so I moved to Michigan. So yeah.
0: she's she's an American. No, she's she, Ukrainian as
1: well, but okay. she came even earlier. She came as she was nine years old. I believe.
0: And where did you live in Michigan? Uh,
1: it was uh, Saline, Michigan, not far from Ann Arbor, Michigan. We attended Dr. Doran's church. Okay, Do- mm-hmm. Intercity
0: Baptist. Intercity okay. Baptist, yeah. And when were you called to, to Spartanburg?
1: Um, well, we arrived here uh, in, uh, um, I think, 2012, 20, at the end of 2012, 2012. And my brother was pastor in a church here it was it, it was a small church. not very many immigrants were here at the time uh, and uh, knowing that I uh, had some training and uh, some uh, ministry experience before they they asked me to to come and basically ordained me a pastor in
0: 2013 okay and you started pastoring word of life yes, at what year was it 13? 2013 2013 mm-hmm. very good. Mm-hmm. Well, let's uh let's talk about the war in Ukraine, especially from your eyes as a Ukrainian. And um uh first of all, did you do you have did you know a war was going to come? Did you have that sense?
1: No, I don't think anybody in Ukraine thought it's possible. It was uh, something that's uh you know Uh, even russia denied even putin denied (laughs) he told several times that he has no intentions of actually invading ukraine obviously obviously he lied but uh um, people thought that uh, you know russian government and putin himself are just trying to achieve some objectives through pressure and uh, and will be it but i don't think people would really
0: Ready. I mean, expecting it to happen. So, from a from a, a Ukrainian's eyes, how would you view the intentions of Putin?
1: Uh, it's very hard to understand even the logic of it. But on the other hand, uh, knowing the how sinful the human heart can be. Um, I understand the logic that Ukrainian uh, was trying to be uh, closer to the West, part of uh, European Union and maybe potentially NATO. But at the present, Ukrainian did not uh, really present any danger to Russia at all. Maybe potentially in the future they could be NATO members. But maybe not. So it was really no present danger to Russia. Right. Uh, from what I hear right now, it really was just geopolitical ambition of one aging man, President Putin. He's just on a mission to revive old Soviet Union and to kind of conquer basically as much territory as he can before his presidency or his life is done.
0: Right. Yeah, so it's it's uh, he, he's in the long line of... People who want to dominate others. Absolutely, yeah. Unfortunately. So tell us tell us a little bit of, of what's um, because I, we'll we'll get to what what the what your mission is and what 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 you're doing, how we're partnering at Bob Jones to help. But tell us some of the stories of what's going on now because you have family and many friends and many associates that's happening right now. Well,
1: some of the stories, personal stories that we hear from people, I will start from answered prayers and uh, signs of God provision, and then maybe some stories that uh, even on the local or American news you, you don't hear. Uh, one story is in Odessa, people were very much praying for God to protect their, their, their city, and we know that uh, Odessa is a crucial part that uh, Russians are trying to... That's Russian the south, army. Cor- the uh, yes, uh-huh. Yes. Russian are trying to land to uh, have their, uh, basically, navy uh, take control of. But there, uh, there was a huge storm. They weren't able to land for several days. Mm. And uh, uh, Ukra- it gave Ukrainians time to fortify their position in a way that they cannot even land right now. Mm. Uh, if they tried several days ago, and Ukrainians actually s- sunk one of the major uh, Russian Navy ships, so they are not even trying right now. Wow! Uh, so just how God arranged the the weather that, uh, yes. at that at that part, uh, I have I heard several stories from uh, from believers from pastors that the cities uh, I- I- that they were especially bombarded. And uh, get, people would gather up to pray in those cities, mm-hmm. in, in those homes, and th- they would they would share testimonies that almost every other house on the street or in the neighborhood would be leveled to the ground, and the the place where people gathered to pray would be still standing. It um, it actually was so evident that some people would run to those homes instead of where the shelter. people were praying. Exactly. Yes, exactly. It was just. Uh, I know God, for in His sovereign will and, and wisdom, allowed this war, but He definitely shown the signs of His mercy and His providence for His children as well.
0: So tell us a little bit about, you know, you, you've got this Russian armies coming in. Um, the idea was that even many of the so, Russian soldiers didn't even know they were going to war.
1: Yeah, that's just absolutely unbelievable from strategic military perspective a lot of russian soldiers who are being captured right now are telling that uh, they really didn't know that they're going to war in ukraine Uh, they were told they're going to a training exercise and uh, then one day they told them to actually uh give or they confiscated their phones Mm. so they can't call and notify their family, I suppose, where they're going or where they are. Uh, and uh, they started all going towards Ukraine. And uh, just a few hours later, they come under heavy bombardment of Ukrainian army and they didn't even know about it. Wow! And uh, once they know, I mean, some of them, of course, a lot of them, uh, I believe, mostly either under the propaganda of Russian propaganda or under the threat of... Uh, you know, prison sentence, they fight, but very many of them are actually surrendering
0: on purpose. The, the Russian soldiers are surrendering. Yeah,
1: exactly. Some of them are sabotaging their own vehicles. They're draining gasoline from their vehicles and, and basically reporting to their commanders that we run out of gas. Some of, those, some of them are actually blowing up their own vehicles and telling them they come out bombardment. Uh, it's from what I hear from eyewitnesses and from Ukrainian news, that a lot of Russian soldiers are basically doing everything possible not to fight Ukrainians.
0: So on the other side of the fence are the U- Ukrainians. Tell us about their resolve to fight.
1: Well, for Ukrainians, I think they surprise the world. Right. <laughs> People do not expect them to fight so hard and to be so determined. And um I I hear a lot of comparison to uh, Winston Churchill in uh, the Second World War. With Zelensky. Yeah, exactly. He definitely demonstrated the courage and leadership that people didn't even expect, uh, and uh, um, they followed his example. But I think another another reason is uh, the history, the history of um, Soviet Russia, dominating and terrorizing ukraine especially in the very beginning in uh, when when the soviet russia just occupied ukraine in the early 1930s actually my mom was born in 1931 and she was telling me the stories how there was a great famine in ukraine orchestrated by russian government by soviet government it was a it was a made-up famine mm. all the crops in ukraine were dumped <coughs> into some sea maybe black sea i don't know and uh uh, millions of ukrainians died so it's still in ukrainian mind russians are occupiers it's it's worth to fight for this land and they're be, not going to give it up they're not going to give it up because they 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 believe if they give up the consequence for their children and grandchildren
0: are going to be horrible right and it's 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 like the people of israel says we're not going to give up mm-hmm. we'll fight until the end and that's the heart of the Ukrainian people.
1: Especially right now in those cities that Russia managed to occupy right on the border with uh, right, right. with uh, Crimea, the Mariupol, and Kherson, uh, we hear a story of Russian drunk soldiers just shooting indiscriminately into the apartment buildings and shooting their... You
0: say Russian drug soldiers. I'm
1: sorry, Russian uh, drunk. Oh, a drunk, drunk soldier, Yeah, drunk, drunk, soldier. drunk yeah. soldiers. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, Yeah. Um, So uh, actually on the news, uh, actually in American news, I saw some video of them shooting indiscriminately from their tanks into apartment buildings. Right. Um, And so we hear horrible stories how, uh, I mean, I don't to be honest with you, I really don't want to use the word Russian very much because there are a lot of geo-Russian believers. Right. Yes. Yes. And there are yes, a lot yeah. of a lot of Russian people who are going to demonstrate under the Correct. threat of prison sentence in Russia, even. So it's more like Putin's army, not so much Russian. Yeah,
0: Putin. Yeah, that's a, that's probably a fair statement. Yeah.
1: But uh, but yeah, from what we hear from believers from Mariupol or those occupied areas, it is an absolutely horrible situation.
0: So tell us uh, what 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 you are doing or your your church, and how the wor- what the, what's the work you're doing now with Ukraine.
1: Well, we're definitely we're praying and uh, asking the Lord to lead us how we can be most useful right now to help our brothers and sisters in Ukraine. And a lot of our members in our church immigrated from Ukraine. So we called the pastors from Ukrainian churches right there, what they're doing. And uh, the war right now is mostly raging uh, in eastern part on the border, border with uh, Russia. But the western part, closer to Poland, is mostly peaceful. Uh, the um, The Putin's army, they bombarded mostly military installations, but not the civilian infrastructure. So, so the banks are functioning and it's possible to withdraw money from the banks. Uh, basically, Those Western Ukrainian Baptist churches are organizing a lot of ministry and help right Mm -hmm. now. They are buying and delivering to Kharkiv, to Kiev, to wherever they can in eastern uh, Ukraine, food and medicine. And they're uh, helping their brothers, helping unbelievers. Uh, They uh, posted posters around their cities in western Ukraine and made announcements on social media for anybody who is traveling through their town toward Poland to stop by. And now many of them see seeing tens and sometimes hundreds of people every day coming to their church. They mm-hmm. turn their churches into lodging facilities. Right. Basically when they can sleep, eat, and in the morning, uh, very often actually in the evening when they come, they hold evangelistic services. A lot of churches starting doing nightly evangelistic services so for refugees. just preaching the gospel. Just preaching the gospel refugees before they go to sleep, and in the morning they deliver them or they take them in their personal vehicles to the border, or if they're traveling uh, in their own vehicle, they would uh, just let them go, uh, provide their necessities and let them go to the border. So we are very uh, glad for this opportunity, and of course we don't know what the intentions of a future expansions are in in putin's plans uh so we don't know when the opportunity is going to be over when the opportunity is going to close right but right now we still have that opportunity
0: i see so uh i i know from from a practical standpoint you know you're trying to get x amount of dollars is there, a, is there like a weekly amount of money you're trying to get? or?
1: Well, right now, um, about 15 churches contacted us. We contacted them and found out for sure what they're doing. And on average, we send about 2500 to every church.
0: 2500
1: To every church so far. Okay. So our church, just out of our budget, mostly, we uh, sent about 40-something thousand. Yes. Okay. And uh, some of them, after a few days, called us back and told me, we're running out already. Okay. If we don't have any more money, we really don't have anything. Right, I got you. Because uh, they don't go to work right now. The economy is just, right. it's not functioning in Ukraine. Right. There's nowhere to go to work or, or make money right now in Ukraine. Plus it's winter, plus yeah. food mm-hmm. is
0: scarce and that kind of thing. Gas is very
1: expensive. Very there right expensive, well. yeah.
0: So the 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 name of your relief fund is called Ukrainian Relief Fund. Yes, it's just
1: General Ukrainian Relief Fund. Uh
0: And and how do you get in? If somebody wanted to, somebody hears this broadcast and they wanted to send a gift,
1: we created Give uh, Send Go account. Um,
0: Give Send Go. Yes.
1: Uh huh. Uh, And uh, I'll be glad to provide you with a link to that account. Okay. Uh, And uh, every dollar that is contributed to the account, we will just Totally, 100% send them over to Ukrainian pastors. You, so
0: it's through Give, Send, Go Ukrainian Relief Fund. Yes. And I know that we're doing one from, from Bob Jones University. And what is that one from Bob Jones? I'm not sure. It can be in the show notes. Okay, it'll be, a sh- it'll be in the show notes for people that want to give. Uh, and so the student body here at Bob Jones, is. this is the final week before spring break. This is our spirit week. And so this week, throughout the course of this week, we're trying to raise funds. Our students are. We just had a Bible conference offering of $150,000, but they're getting behind this, doing different events, and we're hoping to raise maybe $20,000 plus. We don't know. Maybe maybe you're listening today to uh, this, this uh, broadcast, and you are moved to give. You can contact us, uh, and we will, we'll, we'll give you the direction of how to give through that. Uh, this week, we're having special prayer meetings for Ukraine. Tomorrow night, uh, this is Monday, so tomorrow night, Tuesday night, we're having a walk for Ukraine from our, with our student body, and we're actually walking around campus and stopping and praying for Ukraine, and so uh, we're just trying to do everything that we can going forward. So as we wrap up today, uh, Brother Minka, what, what, is your, what is your hope and prayer Uh, through this war of what what is your hope and what the Ukrainian hope is?
1: Well, as a believer, my hope that God would bring revival to the land of Ukraine through this. And we, of course, uh, hear uh, stories right now of people seeking out because uh, a lot of them are hiding in... uh, their basements and subway stations, and they're trying to pray. They're looking for opportunity to, to find out more about mm-hmm. gospel, and that's where those pastors come in and courageously ministering to those people. That's first of all. And of course, my hope is that uh, my homeland of Ukraine would finally be free and uh, democratic nation and uh, victorious at the end, and uh, it's amazing to see Listening to a lot of Ukrainians right now, they don't even, they don't even contemplate the idea of surrender. They all they will they they they, they truly believe that uh, Ukraine will win.
0: Well, that is that is our hope and that is our prayer. And uh, as Americans, we we are wanting to do what we can to support the uh, Ukrainian people, and then also pray for the Russians. You know, the Bible says, pray for your enemies, and, and a lot of the Russians are not enemies. They they're good people. And they don't—they don't want this, and we just need to pray for God to
1: absolutely, override. especially um, a lot of those Russian soldiers. It's so pitiful to look at them. Sometimes they're so young, so inexperienced, and uh, we pray for salvation of their souls as well. We pray for um, some of the Russian people. Uh, to be honest with you to to kind of understand and know what's going on because a lot of them don't even know don't understand what's going on in in ukraine because of the overwhelming russian propaganda right. um so we pray for unity of the church especially in our church our church is um, maybe sixty percent seventy percent ukrainian thirty percent russian uh, so and thank God in our church we have no problems as far as uh, unity and believers, but in general, uh, in general, we, we do pray that there, in uh, Russian Ukrainian churches, will be unity, understanding, yeah. and uh, unity for the truth and for preaching of the gospel. Yes.
0: Well, uh, Pastor, thank you so much for your time and thanks for coming to meet with us today. And we will be praying for uh, God's blessing uh, on the country of Ukraine. Thank
1: you very much for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Highest Potential with Dr. Steve Pettit. Don't forget to find us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.